Hello. Hello. How you doing, Charlie? I am very well, thank you, George. Um, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I've got my tea. I've got my tea and I've got some new biscuits. I've been sent some new biscuits by our, uh, our lovely silent friend. The very chocolatey mm. ones this week. So, which feels very naughty at this time in, uh, on a Saturday morning. But uh, it's a bank holiday weekend. so It certainly is. I think you deserve it. I um, I also have some biscuits sent by our, our silent friend. Um, this time, you'd think, you know, this this as a, as a flavour might be a little bit out there. But considering the lime and chocolate ones previously, this is nothing. Now, you know, this is lemon and white chocolate. Ooh, very nice. Really delicious. Decadent. Yes, it feels quite decadent, yeah. <laughs> and I've had a large coffee this morning. <laughs> I know. I'm breaking with tradition. Ready to go. That's all right. That's allowed. That's allowed. We'll see in about 10 minutes. You might notice the sort of caffeine kick in as I, <laughs> as I reel off loads of information about the art. Start talking double speed. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome, everybody. Yes, welcome to Archers in Tea. This is our eighth episode, but the first one um, regarding Archers Revisited. So George and I are massive fans of the Archers and we would normally meet up and talk about it. But because of the strange situation we're all in, we've not been able to. So we started this podcast where we've talked about the week's episodes of The Archers. And you can tune in with a cup of tea and a biscuit and have some guilt-free relaxation time as we witter on. Um, and this week, due to the fact that The Archers have had to slow down and kind of adapt to the situation, the BBC have been playing old episodes of The Archers from the back catalogue, which... I have thoroughly enjoyed. I've had a really good week. I've really enjoyed all of this week's episodes. Um, yeah, it's been fab. I, I was kind of, initially I thought, um, okay, you've got a whole week of, because they, they kind of announced what the themes were going to be. Um, mm. And it sounded effectively like almost four weddings and a funeral. Um, dare I say it? <gasps> oh my gosh, of course! <laughs> it is, isn't it? Is it five weddings it and is. a funeral? <laughs> uh, no, I think... You've got Emma, Emma and Ed, Ian and Adam, Tom and Kirsty, Chris and Alice, and then Joe's wig. It's four weddings and a funeral. I, I'm so pleased with that. I had not prepared that before. <laughs> I wish I had, but I just, it, yeah. So, so yeah, I, th- I sort of thought, okay, four weddings and a funeral. That's all going to be quite sort of a bit samey for the week, you know. I don't know, mm. but each wedding has been completely different in its kind of, its tone and 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 the episodes and everyone's re- reactions to that wedding. Um, so I've I've really enjoyed it. I think it's been a great week. It's also helped me to understand a little bit more about what's going on for the characters now, considering sort of a backstory. So um, I can't wait to delve into this. Absolutely, let's do it. I've got my tea. You got your tea. Got my bickies. Let's do it. Got your bickies. Let's go. So we ended um, last week the the last episode in the sort of current timeline with Ed and Emma have uh, come back together after everything they've been through and they're going to make a go of it they're going to live in their mobile home with their kids and it sounds really lovely and so the next episodes that the BBC aired uh, the next episode was Emma and Ed's wedding yeah which is very apt I don't know whether I don't know how deliberate that was but that was sort of spot on wasn't it um mm. we sort of go go back to their wedding and uh, and and hear what a day that was like um and it was really interesting because well like like you say we sort of we get hints of these backstories and and kind of we pick up snippets of conversation and gossip around ambridge um and and you, and there's some things that you assume, and sometimes you assume correctly, and sometimes you're not quite right. I don't think, um, but there's definitely. I'd been aware that there was a relationship between Will and Emma, obviously, and that Will and Ed mm. were brothers. Um, and I'd not, I'd not really been known sort of how that came about and how the Emma and Ed thing came about. Um, mm. So it was quite interesting to hear them suddenly on this wedding day, and that was you know, and obviously a bit closer to all of the you know whatever had happened between them um and that and that Will's there as the as the best man it's all quite interesting it was wasn't it and I remember this is sort of where I started listening um to the archers a couple of years ago more regularly Ah, and so I remember having to ask people questions and I knew that Will is the father of George which is there which is Emma's first child yes Um, so I did a bit of I've done a bit of research for this episode oh okay um 
And if yeah, I, now if you are an avid listener of the Archers for many many years, I do apologise if this is repeating old news, but I'll try and do it quickly, um, and we'll see if the if the coffee's kicking in. Um, so Emma was originally with Will, right? They dated. Then she dated Ed, and apparently Ed Grundy was the bad brother of the two brothers. That's quite interesting, isn't it? He's definitely yeah. grown up and matured since then. Um, and I know that the mo- you know most of what we've seen from Will over the last couple of years is him struggling with grief um, mm. and, and 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 really struggling with it, um, not always dealing with it in the in the uh, in the in the, mo- in the healthiest way. Um, mm. So yeah, so it's quite interesting to hear that Ed used to be the bad boy. He was the bad boy, and apparently there was always loads of chemistry, but. Um... She ended up, she sort of had a choice. She dated them both. Um, and then she went for the good brother, you know, the more, uh, the less bad boy brother. So she ended up choosing Will and they got engaged. But then the night of her hen party, she ended up in bed with Ed. Wow. Okay. So she ended up in bed with Ed. In bed with Ed. <laughs> so they, they had dated before. So this is, so it didn't come out of nowhere. Ed and no. Emma had dated at some point and then Will mm. dated, you know, all that sort of stuff. Okay. So, it was, yeah, so it had mm. been Will and Emma, Ed and Emma, then she picks Will, which apparently had made Ed very upset. And then yeah. she finds out she's pregnant just before the wedding and she tells Will on their way into the church and they get married, but then mm. Emma is pregnant and Ed and Emma get closer. Ed was apparently a lifeline for Emma during the pregnancy and they remained close. And eventually... Emma's feelings for Ed were reignited and she was planning to run away with Ed and she even told Will that he wasn't the father of George. Heck. Wow. No, I mean, I know. And then there was a paternity test which proved that Will was the father of George, but Emma mm. and Will still separated. But Ed was still distraught that, um, you know, he wasn't the father of George and things weren't working out with Emma. So he ran away devastated and actually fell into a pattern of drink and drugs. Right, okay. I mean, drink and drugs. It's it. When people tell me that these latest storylines of the Archers are all a bit too EastEnders and it's all, a, it's not very... Ambridge is not very the Archers, you know, what's happening to the Archers these days. I hear this occasionally. Yeah. I just want to now refer back to this storyline because I think this is the most dramatic storyline I've ever heard of, apart from... Eternity tests, drink, drugs. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So um, apparently Oliver Sterling and Fallon actually helped him through his addiction um, and his trouble with drink and drugs, which, under, which then sort of makes sense uh... of... The way that Ed and Oliver have been close and when, was it yeah. Caroline? Caroline? Yeah, when she died, Ed got some money. Is that right? And he sort of felt... Yeah. I, I kind of, I remember there being a reference to the fact that, yes, that there was a connection between them but not quite knowing what that connection was. So that's really interesting. Oh, great. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. Oliver and Caroline were always quite supportive of the Grundies, but it sounds like, yeah, particularly Oliver was yeah. really, um, really good to Ed, which is lovely and and helped him move up and, and get a bit more of a stable job. I think he became cattle manager for a farm or something. Right. Um, and then in the next year, so Will and Emma are not together, and Will meets Nick. Oh, and, oh. Um, I know, and Ed and Fallon started dating. Hang on. Did you know that Ed and Fallon used to be a thing? Ed and Fallon. Ed and Fallon. Right, okay. Yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> I was like, what? And then finally, finally, he's reunited with Emma, and Emma actually proposes to Ed. Um, but I did always wonder what, because there used to be a tiny bit of frostiness between Fallon and Emma, I always thought oh. I perceived. But I, I think that's gone now because they work together in the tea room and they get along really well. But um, mm. it's all sort of coming together now. Yeah, absolutely. I found it, I, I must admit, I did find it difficult listening to Will talk about how happy he is with Nick. That mm. was a real, that was a real hard, hard listen. Um, mm. You know, given that we know what what is eventually going to happen, um, yeah. And it sounded like it, 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 I sort of understand now why it, it sounded like Will took a bit of convincing to accept being best man for Ed. Mm. Um, mm. It sounded like Ed had asked him, and he sort of it, there was co- sort of comments saying, you know, you know, I'm so glad that 
glad that you said yes or something. Um, mm. And and again, yeah, it felt like he'd kind of had to have a little debate about whether he would do it. And and I can sort of understand why now. Yeah, that would be yeah. It's, it's just a, that's a that's a difficult situation. And actually, real you know a real maturity shown by Will to uh, to kind of be there for his brother um, mm. uh, when it matters. Yeah, I think now I might have been underestimating Will. I've not, mm. He's never been a favourite character of mine. I find him a little bit um, stroppy. Yes. And I, find him, <laughs> I find him a bit sort of petulant sometimes. Mm. Um, but now I maybe understand that he's actually been through quite a lot and wasn't always necessarily the bad guy. Um, yeah. And this is before um, Nick died. So, yeah. yeah, it was interesting to hear all of that. Um, and I think it was a lot of Clary's doing. Um, she bringing her to, she was bringing her two sons back together again, which, so she's mm. very, she's elated in this episode, isn't she, that they're sort of getting on together and moving forward. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's just a, a real feeling of uh, elation throughout this. I mean, this is kind of what I mean about the different tones. This, for me, was a real mm. joyful and kind of, you know, just a fantastic Grundy wedding. I, I don't know. It, I, I sort of wanted to be there, having a dance and a, and a drink with them, raising a glass of cider. It sounded fantastic. Yeah, it really did sound like a good wedding, didn't it? Because yeah. it was truly full of love. I think, uh, gosh, there have been lots of weddings. I've been to lots of weddings, but and they're all wonderful and in different ways. Mm. But the ones that really matter, it's not necessarily because they have the most things, uh, you know, the, the nicest flowers or or the fanciest food it's it's usually just because the love is really strong and you're yeah. you're genuinely so ecstatic for them um mm. and i thought this was this was definitely an example of a wedding i'd like to be at yeah i uh, i think you're right with them um, it was a really good point you made you know it's, it's difficult to listen to will talking about nick and how happy he is but it's it's funny isn't it because you go well you're not wrong to do it but and you are appreciating Nick, which is brilliant. And I suppose that's all we can do in the present moment is to appreciate and be grateful for and celebrate sort of love we have and good relationships we have while we can. Maybe they'll go on for another 40, 50 years, but there there are such things as horrible accidents and tragedies. So, so it's sort of a reminder maybe to take a moment to uh, to celebrate those people in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. You sort of never want to take anyone for granted, do you? Anyone, mm. anyone that matters to you, because otherwise, uh, yeah, yeah, like you say, these things can happen. Make the most of it. Okay. Make the most of every moment. And I think now with this, you know, with all this horrible stuff where we've got to stay away from the people that we love um, and can't be near them, it's, uh, it makes you appreciate mm. it even more. I sort of really feel does. like that first, that first time you're going to see your family again is like, will be a yeah fantastic fantastic moment yeah I'm, I'm really I'm looking forward to that definitely um, my my sister sent me a picture today of a walk that she's been doing with her children and her partner and she said I just can't wait to take you on this walk with the kids and we can oh. throw stones into the water and I was like oh my stomach <laughs> my stomach <laughs> yeah, just really turned lovely. over <laughs> yeah. yeah um so also in this episode um Tom Archer gives Ed and Emma a present from the family and Bridge Farm in general. And it's yeah. the honeymoon. Yeah. Which is amazing, isn't it? I, so I, I couldn't quite... It, it, this is just them being, being, being generous and kind, and it was really lovely. It was a really lovely moment. Ed sounded sort of really surprised, and uh, mm. um, yeah, it was fab. It was, but there is, there is a bit of information that was, that was mentioned in the episode, which is that um, Tony... And I'd heard about this before. Tony was um, involved in an accident and he was injured by his prized bull, Otto. Ah, right. Yes. So that was mentioned briefly that Ed helped Tony. Is that right? I think so. I couldn't find exactly what happened. I did a bit of searching on the internet, but I believe Ed was part of is part of the reason that Tony is alive. So what I read is that the, the injuries were extremely serious. He was left fighting for his life. Um, but maybe potentially he wouldn't be with us were it not for Ed and his quick thinking. Um, so they, they've all bridged, uh, bridged together. <laughs> I read Bridge Farm. Oh, very good. Very, <laughs> very good. They've all um, pitched in and given a present to him from Bridge Farm. 
Um, and apparently, just interestingly, what I did read was that there is a, and I'm, I haven't written which society it is, but there's a, there's a sort of a, a farming society of cattle rearing and health and safety uh, that praised that particular storyline, the, the Tony Otto bull storyline, because it demonstrated the seriousness and the gravity um, of, of the danger that can be involved in rearing cattle. Oh, wow. So that's another sort of example of archers being a kind of public service broadcast, mm. disseminating information. Oh, right. Interesting. Mm. But didn't you, did you notice I, it sent a shiver down my spine when Tom said, this is from all of us, me, mum, dad, Helen, Rob. Oh, yeah, I know. I thought, oh, yeah, it's not happened yet. Mm. He's still yeah, there. He's still there. And this <sighs> was... So this was kind of May 2015, I think. It, it, um, I kind of had a little very good broadcast date. Um, well done. I did not. I had not checked that out. Very good. So what that would have been not years and years before. No. Yeah. I think I'd started listening because of the Rob and Helen storyline. So I think it was already must have been ticking along. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. Got you. Mm. Oh dear. But it's a really interesting episode because knowing what we know and, and um, having heard the latest with Ed and Emma, um, you know, I don't want to take away from the romance and the positivity of that episode, but we can all start out, you know, that way that everything's so perfect. We're together now and, and it'll be wonderful forever. We're just married, live happily ever after. But actually there does, you sort of need to remember um reality and and have a, have a sense of sort of well a sense of realism that bad stuff probably will come along um you know difficult times and challenges just will happen you're never free of those things but you know that that you know that it'll be easier to deal with them because you are together so we know they're going to lose nick and joe they're going to have trouble uh with you know that horrible man who made him drive chemicals they're going to lose the house mm. will is going to have to grieve for his wife and his children are going to leave home and that's all to come yeah um and you can't know that and you and you shouldn't sort of live your life in a maybe in a pessimistic way mm. but it's it's just sort of interesting isn't it i don't really know what I'm saying. i think i think it's the sort of the, they've they've reached that if we kind of come back to present day they've reached that stage now haven't they um, you know, if we go back to them, so I'm standing on that hilltop saying it doesn't really matter whether, you know, we have a, you know, completely successful life all the way through. All I know that is I want to be, you know, I want to be with you for the rest of my life, whether that's, you know, happy all the way through or we're going to go through some difficult times. Um, mm. And they relate it to Linda and uh, Robert. Um, yes. I think it's a kind of a, a more healthy way to look at things like we are, we're together through thick and thin and we're the best team. Um, to be able to face anything we have to face together. Yeah. Rather than, you know, we're together and everything's going to be perfect from now on. I don't think that's necessarily yes. terribly realistic. And do you know what? I actually think that it's more romantic in a way. Because, you know, yeah. when things are easy, well, life's easy. And so it's not actually that impressive. <laughs> but when you have said to somebody, I want to be with you for the times that it's really tough, yeah. You are the person in the world that I would like to do that with and to have by my side, either supporting me or I would love the honour of supporting you through those difficult yeah. times or we support each other. Um, I think that's actually extremely romantic. In the end. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, and, you know, I've said my wedding vows where I, you know, I say in sickness and in health. And, and I think that kind of sums it up to a certain extent, like, you know, whether that's a physical sickness or kind of you know, anything, anything bad or good that's happening in your lives, you're going to be there mm. for each other. Oh, oh. I'm going to get a bit teary. Very good. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's so lovely. Um, right, well, then moving on to wedding number two, Adam and Ian's wedding. Which, again, is a slightly different feel to it. And we, we start off with, we start off with Brian in the pub. Is that right? I think so, yes. Or he, yeah. Basically, he's sort of not there. And obviously, we know that it's Ian and Adam's wedding day, and he's not there. Which is which is interesting, and kind of we don't quite know why that is at this point. Mm. Um, I think um, you, you you mentioned this is the first gay marriage in Ambridge. Is That's that right. Yeah, yeah, and it was even you know it was before um, actually 
it was legal for for marriage to it's not it's um it's not marriage civil it's, it's a civil it? partnership yeah yes. it's before um gay marriage became legal um which is crazy to think of now <laughs> actually I, even though it was only quite recently mm. um it just feels like the most obvious and normal thing in the world to to think back to a time when people who yes. loved each other couldn't get married is is bizarre i mean I'm, i won't get too political but i'm happy to stand and say that one <laughs> yes um, absolutely and uh, yeah and he he's so you meet this character called Sid, who I had never met before. Yeah, it sort of sounded like he's the landlord of the pub, is he? Yeah, it doesn't sound like Kenton or or Jolene are there at no. all. <laughs> and um, and so I think I think he might be the, the the landlord of the pub, and he definitely represents um, one side of the opinions. Uh, it feels he does he doesn't seem to be very positive about the about the partnership yeah. he think he sort of makes a comment about it not being proper or real or something and he he implies to brian that that's why brian's not there yes he sort of offers brian a drink doesn't he sort of in almost a commiseratory pint which yeah yeah obviously not nice to hear hear about here stuff like that but uh, yeah, so this is this uh, uh, this is a, a december 2006 episode um Ooh, wow 2006 though sort of i don't know it doesn't feel that long ago, but but like you say, you know the legality of it and kind of attitudes would have been different at that time. Mm. Um, we don't quite know. I, I sort of initially didn't know. I, I sort of assumed, oh, Brian's having a quick drink before he heads off to the wedding. But it sort of becomes apparent that actually he's not planning to go. Um, and sort of why that is, whether that is kind of, you know, bigotry on his part. Um, because because it's a same sex relationship, I don't know, um, mm. but uh, but it's but it, he's kind of planning on sort of holding up in the pub, and then uh, Glenn turns up, he's yes. Ian's dad, which which sounds like a surprise. It doesn't sound like he was expected to be there. Mm, that's right. It sounds like um, you know it was a big deal that the brothers could arrive, but we know that the father hasn't come. But now here he is um, at the pub, and and. Brian's really surprised to hear him and he really wants to get to the ceremony and then they yeah. end up driving there together. Yes, which is quite nice because, you know, and, and and I guess if you're if you're aware of the fact that Brian is not planning to go, you can probably hear him ticking around to come to the realisation the only way he's going to get there is to give him a lift and actually go himself, which must be quite a nice, uh, nice thing to be listening into uh, for the yeah. first time. Um, but it was actually really sweet. It was kind of, Glenn was clearly not particularly comfortable with the idea, I don't think. Um, mm. I, I might be unfair in, in assuming that that's the reason he sounds a little bit stuttery, but he is confident in the fact that he needs to be there for his son. Yes, that's right. And he says, "I just wouldn't want my son to think that I it I don't love him." Mm. And um, and that rings true with Brian, who is Adam's stepfather, but has been the father figure for a really long time. Um, yeah. And we actually find out from Debbie. Oh, Debbie, played oh, by yes. Tamsin Greg, um, <laughs> that Brian didn't go to her wedding and yes. it really hurt her. Mm. So it's interesting that Brian hasn't been to two of his children's weddings. Um, but also we learn that um, we learn that Glenn is also a farmer and was a farmer in our, is a farmer in Ireland and said, you know, oh, Ian never really showed an interest in it all. And then he came down here and obviously he's a chef and and now he's with Adam, who's a farmer. And and you sort of hear that, that Glenn really appreciates what Adam does. And he's sort of, you know, maybe he didn't have a huge problem with Ian being gay necessarily, but, but he'll be a more traditional, conventional man of that time. And so probably does find the thing, the whole civil partnership thing quite new and confusing. Um, but is but is making an effort, which is just mm. that's all you can do, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. All you can do is kind of sort of try and you know, yes, yeah, like you say, make an effort for the people that you love. Um, and he, and he's definitely definitely trying that, and he's he's, he's giving it a go to to be there um, mm. to support support his support his son. And I think it's nice that they've you know Brian and Glenn obviously get that connection between the two of them through the farming as well. Um, mm. There's kind of an immediate like, oh, farmers, you know, bit of mutual respect between them, um, mm. and we're gonna we're gonna go through this together, sort of thing. 
Yeah, that's it kind of thing really can help, can't it? Like a mm. shortcut to a connection with somebody when you have so much in common. Um, yeah. And I found it quite moving. You know, the two dads turn up and they do watch the ceremony and they're, they're both at the um, the party. I mean, it's a little bit annoying that Brian doesn't pose for any of the photographs, but I think partly it's because he wasn't dressed for the event. Um, and it just yeah. sort of showed me that actually we all have the power to grow and adapt. You know, doesn't matter how old you are. You know, these slightly older gentlemen manage to uh, manage to grow and change their minds and accept something really new to them and I think we should all remember we can do that forever for the rest of our lives it doesn't it's not that you know we're only open and welcoming when we're in our 20s and 30s you know we've got the capacity within us to be loving and learn new things even well at any age basically it's really it's 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 a um Yes, yeah, a difficult thing, isn't it, to know, to know what those things are going to be that's going to change that we're going to have to, you know, grow and adapt with. Um, mm. You know, I like to think I'm kind of fairly open and understanding at the moment, and and you know, hopefully I'll stay that way as well. But it can be tricky. I don't, did you see? Mm. Um, uh, it's slightly slightly off topic, but um, years and years. Did you watch years and years when that was on? I did. The BBC. Um, I thought there was a great bit in that where to, uh, the parents have got a daughter, and they. They find out she's kind of researching online about uh, being trans, um, and they assume that she might be transgender. And they're actually really open and understanding about that, and kind of and wants to open their arms. And they've kind of adapted, and they're like, "Yeah, absolutely fantastic, great." And they sit her down to have a talk, and she says, "Oh no, no, I'm not I'm not transgender. I'm trans. I don't know what the word is, but trans species or something." And she basically That's believes right. that she wants to be half uh, machine instead of and half human, um, mm. which which obviously for us at the moment is very hard to comprehend, but I think it's a really clever way of saying, you know, this, you know, this, this might be something that uh, happens in the future and how are we going to adapt to that, you know, as a, as a concept and an idea. Um, mm. I thought it was quite interesting, quite interesting. Yeah. I thought it really challenges the idea that you have the sort of smugness one has in their, in their sort of young adult life of, oh, I'm so much more enlightened than my parents and I know so much more and I've really got it down and I'm sorted. And actually, you know, we'll still be challenged. There will be things that we haven't opened our minds to now um, and we'll be wrong in the future uh, because because the human race will adapt and evolve. So bear that in mind in your in your smugness now. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then, interestingly, just another little thing about this episode. We meet a woman called Kathy, Kath Perks. Yeah. And I was just like, who the hell is Kath? She's completely new new to me. I didn't have a clue. I know. Mm. I thought, who are they talking about? Because I thought, you know, there's the mother of Rory. And I thought, is that who it is? But I know that actually that happened way earlier. Um, and she was a friend of Elizabeth's, and I think she's sadly dead by this point. So I was like, so it's not the mother of Rory. Right. Who is she? She seems to be in a relationship with Kenton. Yes. Um, and I was like, well, that's, that's not what I know. I thought Kenton and Jolene have been together for yonks. So I did some research. Okay, fill me in. Who is Kath? Kath Perks was a manager at Grey Gables, and she was married to Sid, who we met earlier. Oh, okay. Sid, I think, used to run the pub. And then I think we heard him in this episode. She had an affair with a policeman called Dave Barry. Um, oh, and then, Dave. I know, Dave. Dave Barry, which is interestingly, um, Dave Hearn's first name and middle name, David Barry. Oh. So I find that quite amusing. <laughs> uh, and then, but then Sid had an affair with none other than Jeline, darling. Oh, hang on. So Sid, Sid and Catherine <laughs> Oh, hang on. And then Sid and Kath are married. Sid had an affair with Jolene. Jolene. Ken- Kath ended up in a relationship with Kenton. And then we know that at some point, Kenton... Oh, brilliant. Great. Love it. Well done, Yeah, Archers. I know. <laughs> so, um, Kath was actually... This is... Uh, uh, I've not heard about this storyline. I'd heard it maybe mentioned to be once. Um, she was raped in The Archers uh, by a former colleague. Um, so, she... There was that storyline, which I imagine at the time was probably quite shocking for everybody. Mm. Um, I mean, it always is, sadly. And then she recovered slowly and found solace in her relationship with Kenton. Um, and, and in this episode, 
the excitement of the wedding causes him to propose to her. Yes. I couldn't work out whether this was a sort of something that they're going to st- stick to the day after mm. or whether they're going to go both wake up and think, oh, goodness, what were we doing? Yeah, I know. I think we need to we need to do some research and find out what actually happened with that engagement. But then Sid dies and Kath's sort of slightly unexpected grief at the death of her husband, which I think is not necessarily that unexpected these days, you know, just because you're not with a person anymore doesn't mean you won't go through serious grief when they die. Oh, yeah, um, but then Kendon was going through something with the bar, with the Jack's bar which, again, I need to look up. Uh, And so that ended their relationship. And you're right, in the end, it goes full circle and Kenton ended up with Jolene, darling. Wowza. Oh, Jolene. (laughs) Jolene. Oh, Jolene. It's it's very intriguing. Um, So I might have to do a bit more of that because I don't know if they'll go back to any of those episodes in The Archers Revisited. And, you know, and and with Ian and Adam's relationship, we know now that they they have have a child now through through... Lexi and they're sort of they're they're strong. Um, mm. They now Adam has an affair, doesn't he? With Charlie. Yes. Now that that's that's after they got they they're married. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. So we know that they're again they're going to have their difficulties, but you know that that, that you know in, in present day at the moment they're through those and they're they're sort of building a family together, which is really lovely. Mm. But interestingly, the uh, the Charlie information, I think, gets revealed during the trial of Helen. Oh, I, is there another one as well? Is there another? I think he had an affair with Charlie. Did he have two affairs? I think it was a bit of a an off and on thing. So I think he had an affair with Charlie. Yeah. It ended and then it was maybe starting back up again. Yeah. And okay. a, some sort of liaison was uh, yeah. revealed during the trial. Yes, I do remember. Which was very yeah. difficult for Ian. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was tricky. Gosh, it is fascinating, isn't it? And so intricate. Oh, drama, drama. So moving on to, oh my gosh, oh, George. And Tom. <laughs> I know, right? Kirsty and Tom. When I say there were different tones for all the weddings, blimey. I mean, this is... Oh. And obviously we know where it's going. Um, and I don't know whether this is... You know, I, I'm intrigued to know what the, what the build-up has been. Because Tom is clearly not, it, he's beyond nervous. He, he's not just mm. nervous. He's kind of not in the right frame of mind, right from the off. He's not talking. Were you? I know he's not talking. Were you nervous, you know, before your wedding? Um, uh, a little bit, but I think I was more nervous about getting my family to the church on time. Than sort of the actual thing itself. Um, mm. No, I think I was... I was more nervous when I proposed than I thought I was going to be. I thought proposing would be very easy because I, you know, I knew what I wanted to say and I knew, you know, I knew that it was what I wanted and and it was the right right thing for me, um, and for us and the right time as well. I knew all of those things, but I still found that quite nerve wracking. Um, that mm. wedding itself, I just couldn't start smiling the whole day. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think I think it was less less nerves and just uh, yeah, she was very happy. But would you say that a, a certain level of nerves is, is... Normal. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's a nervous excitement, a sort of a it's, it's because it's something it's like something you've never done before. You've never well, you know, one hopes that you only have to you know you only do it once, and, and, mm. and maybe, I'm sure many people have more than one wedding. Um, but but for me, it was my first wedding, um, so I'd never done it before, never experienced anything like it. So there's definite kind of you know, real excitement, you can sort of wake up in the morning and, and that, you know, it's it's sort of all to think about, but there's so much to think about and there's so much going on and so many people around mm. and all these people you care about. Um, so I think I was probably really, you know, I was nervous and nervous excitement up until we got to the church and we got a few things sorted. And then I think it was when my friends started to show up at the church. Um, mm. I sort of just kind of, kind of like, just calm me down and I was just, yeah really happy it's happening <laughs> yeah it always strikes me as something like christmas plus a birthday on crack it's just yes, like absolutely the yeah, most yeah. ultimate big day it's not just one day a year it is kind of it's one day in your life and that's uh yeah, yeah. it's a big big old thing but 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 i think that tom was tom was kind of clearly yeah like i say beyond nervous it wasn't just mm. kind of your normal wedding day nerves um it was a real uncertainty to him mm. um, and I don't know what the lead up to this had been, whether, you know, the listeners, you know, whether we 
had we been doing our, our you know, esteemed podcast at the time, um, whether we would have said, um, you know, predicted, or, you know, I don't know whether he's going to be able to go through with it because he'd been feeling so nervous in the build-up. I don't know. But from this mm. episode and knowing what's happening, it's just a horrible build, isn't it? You can just feel the feel it building up. I think people might have been getting an, an idea of it, but I'll have to... Maybe if mm. anyone's listening to this and they can let us know whether it, it was obvious before this episode what was going yeah, to happen. Yeah, had you predicted it? <laughs> yeah, could you have predicted it? But it really um, interested me because, you know, recently in, in the current storyline, Kirsty had a, a bit of anxiety about her engagement to Philip um, mm. and she was worried about the sort of the planning of it all and it getting a bit too fussy and a bit too yeah. about a wedding and not about the love. Mm. And then she ended up calling it off. And then they came to the compromise of, of basically an elopement where there was no fuss. It was just about yeah. getting married. And she said, Oh, you know, when I was getting married to Tom, I got carried away. And so it was really interesting to hear this. She yeah. is on top of the world. Absolutely. And it sounds like there had been a stress with a dress and yeah. she'd maybe chosen some more slightly extravagant options and she'd got a little bit uh whipped up in the whole wedding excitement um which of course totally makes sense as to why it's even more sort of humiliating in a way because oh. she says to tom at the end of this episode you have let me literally parade around yes. ambridge and now i'm going to look like a fool and obviously she's heartbroken too but i think Hum, uh, humiliation is yeah. not going to make the situation any better. Totally, absolutely. They go through the town, they go through the village on a sort of, uh, is it, are we told what it is? But it sounds like, you know, either an open top car or, a, you know, a, a horse and trap Carriage. or something. Yeah, something yeah like she's that. basically being, yeah, carted through town. Um, she sounds absolutely besotted. She's just, she's over the moon. She's so happy. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then when you contrast that to how Tom is sounding, who's sounding completely trapped and like there's no way out, <laughs> um, yeah. that humiliation that she experiences at the end was yeah. so painful. It's really interesting as well, isn't it? Because so you've got they do a little touch of it. So I knew this, but I've just checked it, too. So the, the other mm. brother of Helen and Tom was John. Oh. Yes. John sadly died. Um, he'd had an argument, this is awful, but he'd had an argument with Tony, had gone off late at night, um, sort of on his tractor, and had a tractor accident, um, which apparently was another sort of applauded storyline because tractors are really extremely dangerous. And yeah. um, and so Tony has always blamed himself for that, I believe. I believe that John might have died in his arms or yeah. he was dead when he got there and he was in his arms. It's very sad. Um, but Roy, oh, bless him. lovely Roy, yeah, uh, turned up with the exact same model of tractor to take Tom to the church. Oh, it's, which, is, which is so sad. It's so unfortunate. And, you, and again, he, he tries to explain himself. He says, I wasn't thinking. I just looked for a vintage tractor, which in itself is a really lovely idea. And, you know, he's, think, he's thinking about the wedding. He's not thinking about the fact that Tom's brother died and... Yeah, it's it's a real it's a real shame, and and for Tom as well. You know, if Tom is thinking in his head, "Oh, I'm not sure this is idea a good idea. I don't know whether I can go through with this. This doesn't feel like the right thing." If then the tractor that killed your brother turns up to take you to the wedding, I mean, if you're looking for you know if you're looking for bad omens, I mean that's right. that's one there, isn't it? I mean oh, that's God. got a cemented. It's got a cemented in his mind, hasn't it? At that moment, he must just realise, no, can't do it can't do it yeah if you're looking for signs um yeah. you've been provided with something flashing uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and I mean it's totally a human error by Roy and you feel terrible for oh, him don't yeah. you but um but yeah and then there's the scene in the sort of back I don't I don't know enough about churches I think, George, I think it, it might be the vestry I think thank you I wanted to say vestry and then I wasn't yeah. sure um so. they're having a chat in a vestry and Tom calls it off and she's oh gosh that noise she makes oh I know oh it was heartbreaking it was wasn't it and at first she's saying look we can get married another time we can mm. we can rush off and elope we don't have to have any of this stuff don't worry about it or we yeah. don't have to get married at all the desperation mm. And then he yeah. says, no, I, I just don't want to be with you. And she mentions Brenda, oh, yes, who yeah. broke his heart. So I looked that up. He um, he originally, so him and Kirstie used to go out when they were young and they yeah. were the protesting pair, trashing GM cops. 
at croc <laughs> gm cops like uh, <laughs> like policemen no trashing gm crops uh, but then he left her for a glamorous supermarket buyer who ended up ruining his ready meal business he then fell in love with Brenda Tucker, his marketing advisor for his posh burger van venture, but she called off his the engagement and broke his heart. So he went back to Kirsty and is now jilting her at the at the altar. So that, so it's a it's a quite a twisty turny journey in itself. Wow. Um, but Kirsty says, "I've loved you all that time. I've loved you for fifteen years." Oh. And she does have a go. And I get it. You know, why did you let me go along this far? Yeah. And it sounds like he's even encouraged her a couple of times. Yeah, absolutely. And he's obviously just got, I don't know, has he got trapped in it? You know, yeah, it's difficult to know that mm. without having heard the build up. But yeah, how on earth has he let it go this far? The sympathy I do have is that sometimes when you're feeling a little bit anxious about something, mm. you know, often the advice is, well, don't worry, just go for it, you know, get stuck yeah. in. And, yeah, yeah. um, and, and just commit a bit harder and actually yeah. all the worries will go away. And sometimes that's true. But uh, mm. but obviously in this case, it's not. And in many cases, it won't be. Um, and so he's gone, I'll just I'll just commit harder. Yeah. And as I say, it's something he's never done before. Like he's never planned a wedding. And so he doesn't quite know how he's meant to feel. You know, maybe he's mm. meant to feel this nervous. Um, but come the day, he just realises that, no, this is not this is not the right feeling I should be having. Um and and probably, you know, from the point he wakes up on 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 the morning of the wedding, this is probably the right thing to do because otherwise they're going to end up married, and then it becomes a whole lot harder. To, I, I don't, you know, it, you know, if he doesn't love her, then that becomes a whole other level of stuff. But there's no way <laughs> he should have left it till the day of the wedding and actually reaching the church um, to do it. Well, it's just another example, isn't it, of something we we've talked about a couple of times. People need to talk to each other yeah. and you need to yeah. look at that problem and you need to confront it and maybe it'll go away when you talk about it and maybe it won't. Yeah. But if it doesn't, that means it never was going to go away. So you, you yeah. should always mm. just talk to each other about things. Absolutely. And um, and what was really lovely about this is that you get the uh, bit of light relief from the Grundies oh, in, yes. the, in the, in the, in the uh, pews. Um, I was about to say in the stalls, <laughs> very theatrical, um, but which is really lovely, and it's nice, and it's 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 fab to hear Joe's voice again, um, yes. and they were just worried about whether the lunch is going to be served, um, and they sort of reached the <laughs> reached the uh, reached conclusion that after it's called off, it's probably not going to be served. Um, but yes, you, you hear Kirsty making, you know, that, that that kind of like I don't even know how to describe it—a scream or a yell or a. Um, a roar, a roar, yeah, and you hear that in the room, and then you we also go to the go to into the church itself, and you can hear it reverberating around the building, and just you know, in terms of that humiliation for her, oh, there's no way out. It's no, happened, absolutely. Oh well, and then I mean, we we need to move on, but but my gosh, thinking about the fact that Kirsty's about to enter another, yeah, I know, right? wedding, oh. I now have a lot more understanding for what my auntie's been going through. She texts yeah. me, she says, "I really feel for Kirsty." I'm really worried about her yeah. and I was sort of like yeah yeah she had a bad wedding before but now I sort of yeah. can understand yeah. a bit more oh gosh fingers crossed yeah. for a, a more positive outcome oh he's hoping okay moving on Chris and Alice's return Chris and Alice's return well, now one of the reasons I really like this episode is because we start off because obviously there's no actual wedding mm. we start off with a sort of a normal Ambridge day which is quite nice actually just to hear a little bit of kind of you know from 2014 April I think you'll find um mm. a little bit of kind of just just every day so we've got uh, Joe's been boycotting the village shop and selling his own veg and and um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Brian's going through some sort of selling of development of a cattle market and I think he's earmarked some land that he probably fancies for himself it's just quite nice to kind of hear those everyday kind of archer storylines um that were obviously happening at the time but uh <laughs> <laughs> but we haven't really got a clue about now. That's a very good point, yeah. But then, uh, but we hear that Chris and Alice are coming back from holiday, mm, and they've been in Vegas. We also, what I've sorry, just to go back a little bit, what's oh, yeah, been interesting on. about hearing all these episodes is that sometimes the actors have changed. So oh, yes. um, the original Tom was played by an actor called I've written it down, uh, Tom Graham, but now he's played by William Troughton who is the real-life son of David Troughton, who plays Tony now. Great. Which is crazy. Excellent. So it was previously, Tony was previously played by Colin Skip, who sadly died. So David Troughton came in and William Troughton. And in real life, 
David Troughton is the first cousin, first cousin twice removed of the actress who plays Shula, and Shula is his Ambridge cousin. Yes, great. I'm with you. I think I followed that. <laughs> and then here we hear um, a different Chris. So I've met the current Chris a couple of times in real life, and he's a very lovely man. <laughs> it's quite. I'm trying to work out whether we've I've heard a character change. You might have heard Freddie and Lily got. Um, so Freddie and Lily were played by quite young actors oh, right. for a yeah, while yeah. because they were young, young people. And then just before all the big storylines occurred with Freddie uh, and Nolatando and, and Lily mm. and stuff, they, they recast it um, with some adult drama oh, okay. school yeah. actors. Um, but here, so here we have Chris and Alice's return. Sorry, going back to all of that. And it turns out they did not plan to get married at all. It was a complete whim. Um they just did it in Vegas. Absolutely. Got my own in Vegas. I mean, I I was laughing. I was listening to this episode in the uh, in the kitchen and I was laughing away. I thought this was a brilliant episode. It was fantastic because Jennifer's reaction, she's just distraught, isn't she? <laughs> I know. She, it's really awful news for her. I was like, yeah. why? Why is it so bad? But she is. You're right. She's totally distraught. And it, and it is just that kind of complete snobbery. And, and and horrendous snobbery. It's some of the stuff that she comes out with. What she say? Uh, I've, I've noted down. Oh, I thought she'd marry. Uh, she could have found someone from one of the good families in the Shire. <laughs> oh, or, um, I know. Not settle for the local farrier. I know she said local farrier like it was something to be ashamed of. Whereas yeah. I'm thinking, you mean someone with a really good, stable job that is yeah. really highly skilled yeah. and uh, something they really like doing, and it's and it's in the country. I was like, what? Is- it was bizarre, wasn't it? I know. Yeah, well, it's just, just... I don't really know what Chris and Alice's relationship has been like. I get the feeling they haven't been together for that long. Am I, I don't know. Alice is still at university. There's mm. a mention of... I don't know. I don't know how long they've been together, whether this is sort of... Whether it is pure just snobbery or whether there is kind of, like, you know, all this, they're a bit bit soon for them to be getting married, a bit young or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, I think if if if... That was what Jennifer was sounded like she was actually concerned about, you know, uh, Alice's age and the fact they haven't been together very long. Then maybe I might have a little bit more sympathy, you know. Uh, I'm not a person who's really been keen to get married, so the thought of even doing it at university makes me a bit like, ooh, but other people, that's absolutely right for them. Um, But but it's not, is it? I mean, it's Jennifer, it's just, you're absolutely right. It is just snobbery and there is no real way of excusing it. Um, she is so disparaging of Chris and the family. And in, in yeah. this case, it's actually Brian who is being a little bit more sage about the whole thing. A little bit. But, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to have to view this as Alice's starter marriage. I don't think he's really putting much faith on it in it lasting, is he? Oh, it's, um, God! Yeah, but, but sort of making a couple of jokes about it. He's, you know, he's trying to keep Jennifer calm, I think. Um, yeah, they are, they're just... They're distraught and so dismissive about the whole thing. It's a real, mm. sad, really sad and such a lovely. Co- I just found it very funny. Um, <laughs> I think probably knowing that knowing that Chris and I do, you know, are still together a few years later and kind of, you know, and are happy. It's not like they have been, you know, broken up uh, by any conniving from Jennifer. They are, they are kind of yeah. happy. It's mm. okay to kind of laugh about it now, but. Um, but the lovely contrast to the reaction from the Carters. Oh, I know. I mean, that's so funny, isn't it? It's it's just light and shade. Susan yeah. and Neil are ecstatic. I mean, maybe Neil's a little bit more reserved, but it sounds like his reservations are that it, it's a little soon. Yeah. Uh, but Susan is just like, oh, I'm just sad I wasn't there. But other than that, I'm so happy for you. They're so supportive, yeah. you know, so supportive of them. And my favourite moment, I think it probably similar to yours, she rings Jennifer up at the house. Um, and she, because she's like, put the carver in the fridge. Uh, I love that it's carver as well. There's no way that Brian and Jennifer would have been having a bottle of carver. It would have been champagne oh, all the way, darling. <laughs> oh, of course, darling. And there, I'm sure Prosecco wasn't even a thing back then. Um, and um, and so she rings up Jennifer. I love, I love Susan's voice more than anything in the world. And uh, and she's so happy, and she's a little bit drunk. Yeah. And she's and she says, um, you know, we've got to have a little party. And then she says. 
thing is I knew I loved Neil when <laughs> when he made me that pig pen for Pinky. <laughs> Absolutely tightening the screw, isn't it? It's really, it's really hammering that final nail into Jennifer's snob coffin. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the story she tells us about a pig pen. Absolutely, you can just sort of see that moment, and Jennifer just kind of imagining them covered in pig doo doo. Let's say, and the um, pig is called Pinko. Pinko. Oh. Pinker, I love it. Um, and yeah. I definitely thought I know which house I'd rather be at right now. Absolutely. You know, for all the money and the space and the fancy things. Pour me a glass of carver, for goodness sake. <laughs> yeah, pour me a glass of carver, pop a blanket on the sofa, you know, don't worry about it. Let's have a night. Yeah, I'll stay absolutely. Over. I'd rather be there than in a fancy ensuite bedroom in the cold and frosty Aldridge's house. Where, where, um, where, where where Jennifer's final line, I think, is something like, um, good grief, I'm going to be related to a horror bin. <laughs> I know. Oh, my uh, goodness. And, yeah. of course, you know, we've, we've heard Tracy horror bin a couple of times. And, and we talked about it, that recently her character has been fleshed out a little bit more. Mm. Um, but the earlier portrayals of Tracy have been quite... Um, thin I felt <laughs> just a little bit sort of a caricature and I can mm. understand that you might not like Tracy but mm. to be so disparaging of a sort of you know the surname the horror bins it yeah. is so snobby yeah yes this sort of class divide is kind of mm. properly properly highlighted well it just shows as well money doesn't make you classy oh nice I like that I'm gonna keep you know, that I'm gonna remember that when I'm really really rich uh. <laughs> oh yes please do <laughs> gotta remember let's keep our be happy for our children and our friends if they are happy yeah. absolutely um i sort of want to keep talking about this because we've now had our four weddings and we're on to oh. our funeral oh joe i don't want to move on either oh, no. <laughs> so oh, i i did a bit of research about it so yes go on. the reason that the character joe grundy died in the archers is because sadly the actor died in real life mm. so ed kelsey had played joe from 1985 and he died at the age of 88 and i'm quoting now from the guardian but he was known as ted remembered for his insatiable curious mind and love of lively conversation good company and a great storyline that's that's a lovely description could could be a description of joe <laughs> um, it could couldn't it yeah it's um I mean, I, I, I mean, I think we both we were this was kind of well into our uh, our period of listening to the Archers properly. Um, so I remember listening to this at the time, and I th- I think I I texted you, did I, saying, "Oh goodness, I shouldn't have listened to this episode on the bus because um, yeah. I was crying at the time," uh, and this got it got me again as well. Um, it's just yeah. really lovely all the way through. They've got the pony and trap. They've got to carry Joe's uh, the, the coffin through the town. And everybody, mm. the, the whole village has come out to sort of see it through, um, mm. which is really lovely. Yeah, David and Ruth and Adam and Ian with Xander and the baby papoose are, don't even get into the church. Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, you sort of, it's quite interesting. Cause they've got, they, they've had the service um, and then they've gone to the tea room. That's right, isn't it? They sort mm. of had a, had a, bit, of a bit of a thing at the, the tea room um, with food and stuff and, and then mm. they're kind of talking about how much Joe would have enjoyed the food, um, mm. which is fat. But then they then they sort of retire to the pub. They retire mm. to the pool, and it's and it's and it's great because it's it just feel it feels so apt that you kind of end up with the cider club effectively the cider club just sitting around mm. having a chat about him um, and having a drink and getting gradually more and more drunk. Yes, and it felt absolutely appropriate, didn't it? Interestingly, coming on from following on from the last um, episode, Lillian, yeah. Jennifer's sister, is sat in the pub with the cider yeah. club, playing a drinking sort of game of of toasting. Sat with what Robert and Ed, Eddie Grundy, and you know, there's yeah. a there's a huge range of people. I think um, uh, Jim Lloyd. Yes. You know, uh, and Alf, Alf's there as well. Alf's there as well, and and Lillian, for for all of her sort of oh darling, yes. Well, we've got mm. to get the sort of you know 
and the gin and tonics, darling. She's she's very posh, um, yeah. but it doesn't seem to cloud her judgment of people, no. and she's perfectly happy, you know, to to be with good people and to recognise good people, especially Joe Grundy. Yeah, she's leading the drinking game. She certainly is. I, yeah. I love Lillian. Yeah. I think if I had to be, you know, my friend asked me recently, would you like to ever be in the Archers? And I was very clear with him that I would. Um, and I would <laughs> love to be in the Archers. I know you would too, George. But if you had to play a character that already exists, who would you mm. want to be? And I think mine would be, I'd want to be Lillian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm proud of her in this moment. I'm trying to think who mine would be. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm probably a bit old for Johnny now. Um, I know, I love... but he is great, isn't he? I love great. Johnny. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Son of John. But yeah, so it, it's a beautiful episode where you wonder, you know, everything's so perfect and they don't do drama particularly. Mm. They're not put. It's not an episode about a twist and a turn and a bad mm. day, a day that's meant to go well and goes badly. They're just yeah. like, no, no. This goes well. Yeah. Well, we do have this slight the brief moment where Jim can't quite manage to play the piano piece, which is quite... Because oh, yes. this is the point where he's going through a lot of his issues as well um, mm. with kind of his childhood trauma. Um, and he's kind of volunteered to play this piano piece and he's sort of using that as a slightly, um, you know, a, a thing thing to cling on to. And he doesn't quite mm. manage it because he can't remember it. And he sort of leaves it. Um so we, which makes it even more. Oh, I've got to go again. Um, even better oh. when you know when we're, when we're at the pub and then you just hear the tune sort of tinkling in in the background and you recognise it and you think, oh yes, he's remembered it. All he needed was a couple of drinks and he can remember it. <laughs> mm. Because of course with Jim, you know, Jim had first started playing the piano and I think someone had basically let on that he wasn't very good, so he quit. Mm. And it was Joe Grundy that persuaded him to play again. And said, yeah. "You, I need you to." And he used his thing, which apparently is quite common with Joe. He would act like he was going to die at any minute. Well, oh, you yes. know, this might be my last Christmas. Well, you know, this might be my last cider club. And so he'd get people to do things for him, which really reminds me of one of my grandparents, actually, <laughs> um, fully in full knowledge that they had many years left. They're absolutely and, fine. Um, yeah. They're absolutely fine. They just want something from you. Yeah. And Joe said, you know, well, I want you, you're going to have to promise to play this at my, play something yeah. at my wake. And of course, Jim experiences, has to, has to go through again, the trauma of his childhood abuse mm. and has been going through it. And, it. and a lot of it was triggered by the fact that he, there was um, someone playing music at his party and his abuser was there and so he, in, yeah. in his um, difficulty and his trauma and his anger, and he actually broke his own keyboard. Mm. He destroyed it. But since he's been dealing with the problems and talking to his son and to Jazza, um, he's taken up the piano again and he, he feels this sense of duty for Joe. And so that helped him to come back to the piano because mm. of Joe. And... Yeah. Um, and I thought that was so beautiful that that's the part of the storyline that they remembered to bring back mm. in so that it could, Joe's, Joe's wonderfulness, <laughs> Joe's loveliness um, extends beyond the life of the actor and the character. You know, we can see the effects of his good nature yeah. uh, still being felt in, in the future. And it is really, oh, that is really a beautiful moment. And I also, yeah. I really loved it. You know, at this point, Emma and Ed are separated as well. Yeah. And uh, But Emma and Clary get a moment because they've always got on and they get some time together and they're walking to the pub and they see the stars in the sky and they think, do you think Joe is one of them? And then they yeah. point to two. <laughs> I can't I go. They point to two by the moon and the music has been playing and Jim's found his courage and he's playing the music that Joe had danced to with his wife at their wedding and they say oh it looks like those two stars are dancing and Clary's like yeah it does and I thought I really hope that um <laughs> I really hope that Ed is dancing up there you know the actor yes absolutely yeah oh wonderful oh, wonderful yeah. stuff wonderful stuff and again again I think I said it last week didn't I but it, an, an example of radio drama at its best you know i was there mm. i think in the in the pub with them listening to music and i was there 
you know outside looking up at the stars and kind of mm. um spotting those out it's it's wonderful wonderful stuff mm. ah. yeah uh, well i think uh that's probably a really good place to finish today yeah um yeah remembering joe remembering ted kelsey um mm. and being grateful to the archers for such wonderful storylines and episodes and yeah. i can't wait to hear some more of them yeah absolutely i don't i've not had a look to see what's lined up this week um but maybe i maybe i won't maybe i'll maybe i'll just listen to them each time and see what i'm getting mm. um mm. but yes no it's, it's, it, i've really enjoyed this week so I'm, I'm kind of i'm very much looking forward to this week's episodes and we'll see what awaits us yeah so thank you everyone for listening um yeah i hope you've had a good week wishing you all the best and maybe maybe now's a moment if you've got five minutes to uh to call that person and yeah. uh, just have a little chat get back in touch yeah uh certainly it's been nice to talk to you george i've enjoyed talking to you and you charlie and you um and lovely to have you all uh, all joining us as well so have a lovely mm. week everyone and uh yeah we'll see you next week see you next week Bye bye <laughs>